His is probably the most recognizable voice at West Warwick High School. He went from student to graduate to teacher to dean of discipline and now to assistant principal. Steve Alves has worn many hats in this school, including athlete and coach. The title he seems to care most about, though, is one that really isn't an official title. It's the title of mentor. And if you know the man, you know that he is not often at a loss for words. Shortcuts always have long-term repercussions. The definition of a fool is someone who has the same plan expecting a different outcome. Winners make adjustments. Losers make excuses. Not too long ago, we put out a request for questions to ask Mr. Alves, and boy, did we ever get responses. So, right here on this show, he will answer those questions and more. And as always, I'm thanking you in advance for your anticipated cooperation. This is the Words with Wizards podcast, your look at the world through the lens of West Warwick High School. It's where we talk to interesting people, visit cool places, and sometimes hit on a big story. And at the end of it all, you'll learn a little more about what's going on in the land of the orange and black. And now, here's your host, Mr. Eric White. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the show. Today is Friday, March 17th, 2023. Happy St. Paddy's Day. First of all, I want to wish my daughter, Eva, a happy 24th birthday. Thanks for once again making me feel old. Well, I asked what you wanted to know about Mr. Alves, and you answered. And on this show, he's going to answer those questions that you sent in. Here's what he had to say. Dressed well, test well. The questions that people sent in for you. Okay. Mr. Steve Alves, assistant principal yes. at West Warwick High School. Okay, so we'll start off with the people who want to get rid of you. Okay. <laughs> Do you think that you will be going to a new school district anytime soon? Uh, maybe. I guess uh, I'm finishing up my second master's degree in the last three years to open up some opportunities. I can, I'm eligible for retirement in January of 24. Oh. Um and I'm looking to possibly do one of two things. Uh, I would like to go work in one of the colleges in the athletic department, perhaps as a uh, academic liaison type yeah. thing, uh, or, you know, perhaps do this gig as assistant principal, you know, over the state line where you get your full salary plus your pension. So I would mm. almost double my salary for the same headaches that I get oh. here. Or okay. I, I stay here and ride it out. I don't know. So. Uh, Come January 10th of 24, yeah. I will have some options. I don't know exactly what I'll do, but I yeah. will be working in some capacity yeah. with kids uh, for the next decade before my wife actually lets me retire. <laughs> <laughs> now, so speaking of that, speaking mm -hmm. of, uh, of your, you're going to turn 60 next year. Right? 59. 59. Oh, 59. I'm sorry. I'll be I'm in rushing. my 60th okay. year. <laughs> You'll be in your 60th year. This is why they don't let me teach math yep. anymore. Uh, so you're going to be you're 58 now. You're going you're gonna to yep. turn 59, mm -hmm. and you look fantastic for 50. Oh, I mean, Jesus. even geez, you look Thank a, a you. heck of a lot younger. Uh, uh, I know some days it does. 
Don't Some days feel work it. it, you don't feel it. But no. What is your favorite thing about this job? You know, really, it's just turning kids around. I mean, you have conversations, whether it be discipline or academic or social-emotional support. You have these conversations with, with students, and initially they're apprehensive. You know, uh, it's almost like you're speaking at them instead of with them. But then after a couple conversations, you see the light go on, you see the relational trust uh, and they, they, they start to come to you with situations. So, so seeing that transition from that, you know, that, that child who distrusts you initially because, you know, you're the, I'm like Darth Vader yeah. in this place. <laughs> and then they realize that, no, you know, I'm really there for them and not against them. So it's, yeah. I love seeing that, that light go on and that, that transition in mindset yeah. uh, with the students. Sometimes it takes... It, sometimes it takes a little time for that. Oh, sure it does. Right? I mean, yeah. like I said, uh, when I worked at Dean of Students, I, I called that job a four-year dialogue with the kids. You know, and then by the end, they they appreciate most. You know, appreciate you and 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 then respect the job you did because you know they look at it as a coming at them instead of pushing them forward. Anyway. So let's talk about coaching. And mm -hmm. I know in one sitting, I mean, you've done so many things, mm -hmm. uh, coaching. Um, have you 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 refed wrestling? Have you coached wrestling as well? Uh, I did. Yeah, I was an assistant coach. coach right out of college. Okay. Uh, you know, I took over actually for my father, who was the assistant coach, and uh, he had had it. You know, he was head football coach. He was tired yeah. in the winter, so yeah. a couple of years under Dick Stone, I was an assistant coach, yeah. um, and then uh, I, when I started refereeing, I, I uh, stepped away from the coaching. Now let's talk about football coaching mm -hmm. because you've had a lot of success there. I think a lot of people see you walking around here mm -hmm. and don't remember that you have led teams, including this one mm -hmm. here at West Warwick, to mm -hmm. state championships mm -hmm. as a head coach and also as an assistant coach under mm -hmm. your father. Mm -hmm. uh, let's talk about how you got into coaching. I remember you had we had talked about it uh, before, but mm -hmm. uh, you initially – graduated from here and went and did something else you didn't go into education mm -hmm. why don't you talk about that and then how you got into coaching sure okay I uh, actually when I graduated with a pre-law degree um, I got a job with the Department of Attorney General in as a paralegal in the narcotics and organized crime division and also an investigator in the consumer protection division and the job didn't start till January of 88 I graduated yeah. in June of uh, 87 so from what said, college from Union College okay. in uh, upstate New York we yeah. uh, we had a great run there we played for the national championship in the Amos Alonzo Stag Bowl Division 3 uh -huh. uh, we made it to the final four and then the elite eight uh, the other two years so wow. we had a great run in football uh, you're talking football, about yep, yep. Great. Uh, really and actually one of the kids I played with got drafted by the Cincinnati Bengals it was Icky Woods roommate <laughs> and then the Icky shuffle it, yes yes yeah. we, we we knew it well he was yeah. his, his roommate traveling but uh, I, I decided to we'll say blow life off as yeah. you would say and stay up at college and I coached as a graduate assistant and I also worked in admissions interviewing incoming freshmen the fall after I had graduated yep. and then when that ended I came back here and uh, started my job in what I thought to be a, a pre-law, you know, uh, experience. So I was going to go to law school. Mm -hmm. um, the LSATs kind of beat me up a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, I went four for four in college uh, law school rejections. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And 
uh, I started coaching at, at Shea High School. Uh, actually, I was an assistant at West Warwick for one year in 88. Then in 89, I said, you know, let me try. Uh, try. I, I like this coaching thing. Yeah. I, you know, pretty good. So I applied to a couple places. I got rejected from uh, first couple, being only a 24-year-old kid, yeah. South Kingston, St. Ray's, Hendricken. Yeah. Said, no, thank you. But Shea had fallen on hard times. Uh, they were everybody's homecoming game. Yeah. So I said, let's give this 24-year-old kid a shot. And, uh, yeah, I went over there and, uh, you know, had to set the tone. And Did you go over as head coach? Yes, yes. head coach. Mm -hmm. And uh, brought actually a bunch of Wizards with me. My brother, Ro uh, Robbie Grenier, head coach there with me, oh. and Dougie Haynes. Great. Uh, another kid named Jay Manning. We went over there and uh, we changed the culture. And we uh, we won four consecutive Super Bowls, 91, 2, 3, and 4. Uh, first year, we only had 17 kids. It was a cleaned house. You want to be in or you want to be out? Yeah. Both feet in or let me help you get them out. And we were Rhode Island's uh, Words Unlimited Team of the Year. Uh, and until Hendricken went on this run, we had the state record for the most consecutive Super Bowls. We probably still do for a public school. Wow. You know, four, for four wins. Four yep. consecutive Super Bowl victories wow. in a row. Wow. And I, that's it. So I started there, fell in love with coaching those kids. And, you know, some of them, they, 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 most of the kids came from one of the two projects mm -hmm. in uh, Pawtucket. So Prospect Heights or Gallagher Court, I was in there with the kids. And I became almost like a big brother to the kids. And I, yeah. I loved the effect that I had, again, turning them around. And I yeah. said, you know, if I went back and became a teacher, I could get out ahead of some of these problems and try to steer them uh, away from problems instead of being part of the prosecutory team that puts them away. Yes. <laughs> so yes. I went back on my history degree at uh, age 33. Yeah. And came back here and student taught, and uh, I've been here ever since, yep. uh, January of 98. <laughs> now, you, um, this, our paths didn't converge, but mm -hmm. I, I started teaching at Tides in okay. Pawtucket. Okay. A lot of the kids from that same area. Oh, These yeah. are the kids that the public school system said, we can't handle you, we're going to send no. you to Tides. Yep. Yep. And it was the best thing I ever did. No, I loved started it. Started teaching, and uh, you know, there's really something about making a difference in the lives of those kids, especially those that don't have the support at home. Exactly. We had, uh, in uh, November of um, 21, they had a 30-year reunion at one of the Legion Halls in Pawtucket. Hmm. Now, all these guys are 48-year-old guys now, you yeah. know what I mean? And then it was emotionally filled hours. I had my son come so he could experience it. Great. And, you know, a lot of kids just, you know, pouring their hearts out on, you know, you were uh, a major, uh, you know, asset in the turning around of what they did. And, and they great. still, honestly, they still call me. Kids yeah. call me all the time. Coach, hey, hey, what do you think about this, this, this? So. Uh, here, anywhere I've coached, whether it be West Walk, Exeter West, Greenwich, even Cranston West, yep. you know, yep. they, uh, they all reach out. you have any uh, w with your guys? Yeah, so you guys are about my age. Right? Yeah. Let me, maybe a couple yeah. years yeah. younger. And uh, uh, did they have, a lot of them go on to uh, productive careers? Oh, that? yes, yes. Uh, we had a couple of them uh, went into coaching. Uh, we got one of this kid, Mark Roderick's coaching at Moses Brown. Theo Murray's coaching at Tolman. This kid, Dino Georgiopoulos, is coaching up in Massachusetts. Hmm. Uh, we had others like uh, 
this one player, Helmet McIntosh. He he was a little guy, but fast as lightning. He went to Delaware State, hmm. and he was on a track and football scholarship. And now he's a banker in Philadelphia. But he was right from Prospect Heights, you know. Wow. The, and uh, you know, bunch of they just they're all doing well. This uh, Charlie Carvalho um, is a rapper named Chachi. He's a mm -hmm. Cape Verdean rapper, well yeah. known. He's been on TV and everything. Yeah. And he's also works for the city of Pawtucket, kind of as a uh, kind of a social emotional support guy in the academic uh, arena. Oh, so good. he's whenever I say uh, you know Chachi, and I show him, I call him, you know, he's like, hey, coach, and there's going to be a transfer from Pawtucket, and put Chachi on the phone, we make that connection. So oh, the kids, great. you know, start to build that relational trust when they move from Pawtucket here. That's you know, great. So, so many examples. That's great. So, mm -hmm. and and as far as your coaching, you mentioned your son, your son Cam, mm -hmm. Cameron, and you have your uh, your daughter Madison. Mm -hmm. You ended up coaching them at mm -hmm. Cranston West, where mm -hmm. I graduated from. Yep. Um, talk about that a little bit. How'd you get into that? Well, what happened was I uh, I left high school coaching after my daughter was born, where I was uh, a paid coach. I was head coach here till '05. Uh, my son started playing flag football all the way up, and I started coaching he and his buddies literally from kindergarten through grade 12. And we started with the max, and we had 36 kids. And by his senior year, we had uh, 22 seniors graduate. They went back-to-back -back Super Bowls. Uh, I loved that. And then my daughter, you know, there was one point in the month of July I was coaching four different CLCF teams, whether yeah. it was my daughter's uh, basketball team, my my son's uh, football practices would start the summer basketball here, yeah, or uh, all star baseball. So in the yeah. summers I was uh, Mr. CLCF, and yeah. I, I just kind of followed them through the high school, yeah, kind of as a uh, I called myself with the football program there the interior decorator. <laughs> I would come in and make suggestions, kind of as a consultant. Yeah, didn't do the heavy lifting as a yeah. paid coach would. Yeah. So, and your daughter played for the CLCF team, right? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. When she was what in fifth grade, I believe. Sixth grade. Sixth yeah. Grade. She did a PowerPoint to my wife and I on how she should play, and we were like, "No, no, no." And then she was so impressive. We said, "You know what? Yeah. Go ahead." She had been doing gymnastics. She had been, you know, dude. She did everything really, yeah. and uh, it actually saved us for four hundred dollars a month because she quit gymnastics. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and started. You know, football. football was one hundred eighty-five dollars for the season. So I wow. said, "Well, let's give it a shot." You know, yeah. it's so. Uh, and she was phenomenal. Really yeah. tackling, running. It was, it was, it was fun. That's fun to great. Watch and play. That, that's a great age, I think. Where yeah, where the girls and especially your daughter, who's yeah. really athletic to yeah. say the least. We'll talk about her a little yeah. more. Yeah. Uh, you know. It, where the boys don't start getting too much bigger and stronger mm -hmm. yet right at that no, age. No, That's a perfect time. Yeah. So then she um, is playing for Cranston West, and, mm -hmm. and she's also playing soccer at the same time yes. where she was she was an All-State selection yes. in soccer mm -hmm. and has won many awards, and uh, she was kicking for the team. So mm -hmm. then we did on West Warwick High School TV the story. Yes, about, the story. That was a great the, story. About, yeah, thank you. Um, you and your you coaching your son and daughter and son and daughter playing together. Yeah. Cam as the quarterback, your daughter as the kicker, and you know it's like and you told me I think you were taking her from that practice to the other practice, right? Yeah. To she, soccer she practice. would yeah she would uh, twice a week, right right out of school we would do warm ups agilities then right into field goal extra point kickoff kick return and then she would 
go to soccer practice. Uh, so yeah, the first two years I had the driver from there up to Hope Highlands and then come back. Whereas, uh, you know, the next two years, actually we had the turf, so it worked out they practiced right on the turf. So, ah, great. So it was, it was good. Great. I, um, we have a story coming up with the magic word. Uh, our buddy Keaton Noons on the wrestling team did a story about artificial turf. I think he talked to you. Yes. Before. You're quoted yep. in it. Mm-hmm. And uh, got a picture of our field and a picture of Cranston East Field. We were, mm-hmm. uh, Richard Grenier coaches yes. on there. Yep. We've all uh, played on that. Sure. Um, and, uh, you know, what's better, turf or, you know, the question, what's better, turf or natural grass? And I think you were a natural grass guy. Well, for the safety, yes, but for the durability of the field and everything and uh, you know if we get the, the turf field here and a turf field maybe even down behind the high school yeah the revenue you could generate is they, they play adult soccer 24 7 you know especially with the lights so i they would turf would pay for itself and start to become a revenue generator after a few years yeah. that's what happened to cranston stadium yeah you know that turf paid for itself absolutely quickly, so Absolutely. And, but again, uh, it would be, I think, you know, almost less maintenance. I mean, you yeah. paint the lines, you save on water, the machinery, gas, oh, yeah. Yeah. you know, manpower, yeah. hours. Above. You do. It's definitely different. Speaking, uh, mm-hmm. you know, with soccer, I, I, you know, co- coaching soccer, when you play mm-hmm. on a grass field, the ball goes slower. Yeah. yeah. And on turf, it's like it's, 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 like it's going uh, over a rug. Yeah, uh, depending. Yep. I mean, there are some turf fields like the new one at Cranston West is really yeah is really good and lifelike, mm-hmm. but it's different. Mm-hmm. All right, some questions about stuff going on in the school. Mm-hmm. One student, I think this is a student. <laughs> why can't we wear hoods in cold conditions? Why can't we wear hoodies <laughs> in the hallways? What's your problem with hoodies? Uh, it's uh, all dress code violations for me. Uh, I'm duty-bound, whether I agree or not, to enforce technology, you know, punctuality, and dress code issues. Um, the hood, obviously, identification. I mean, if you put on YouTube or anything else, anything that's going on, people pop the hood up. <laughs> whether it's girls doing it for fights so their hair doesn't get pulled yeah. or, you know, somebody doing something they shouldn't. Um, yeah. So that's kind of historically where it comes from for here. You know, it's it's a rule. So I mean, for me, if it's a rule, then it, you, you respect it. Yeah. Um, you know, what we do here, school's supposed to be a microcosm of the real world, and wherever you work, you're going to have some type of dress code, perhaps. Uh, and it's good practice to, you know, show up as you're expected to. Uh, you know, we, we deal with the popping the hood on, popping it off. But, you know, for safety, everything is built around really safety. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I think it's easily understood what the danger of wearing everybody wearing hoods in the building would be. So, and that th- that's understandable. And I think one other thing, you know, when you put your hood on, you really can't see out of... Mm-hmm. From a, with most hoods, you can't no. see what's going on around no. you. So that's a danger to you if something dangerous well, is going on. Well, let's see with the earbuds yeah. and even the phone. These kids, this generation, is the most disconnected generation to their surroundings, whether it be technologically speaking. They'll like anything, tweet anything, send it out, and share everything with the universe. Yeah. They don't know who's watching, who's calling, mm-hmm. who's typing. Yep. And then, you know, the earbuds are plugged in. Their face is down on their phone, and mm-hmm. they're disconnected from anything around their surroundings physically. Yeah. So 
you know, I, I think, you know, again, with the earbuds and the phone, you know, there's there's that lack of connection to the outside world, uh, you know, and again, the, a safety issue. You know, be aware of your surroundings. And this this generation, both physically and technologically, is not. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I'd have to agree with that. Mm -hmm. I find myself doing it when I'm like, why am I, am I, why am oh, I on yeah. my phone so much? Um, so I'm watching Steve Alves highlights from when you were wrestling in high school. That's what I'm doing on my phone. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay. There's I'm, only one video. That's it. The I VCR was. was just invented then. That was crazy. Go on. That's the only one. We'll see if we can get that up on the, uh, on the podcast. Yeah, that'd be hilarious. In the New England championship. Some guy videotaped it and put it up and a friend of mine found it and. I said, that's it. The only time I ever saw myself wrestle. I didn't, wow. we, we were too poor. We couldn't videotape anything. We didn't no, you had to have, when it first came out, it was, like that yeah. first came out, you had to have a lot of money. Hundreds of dollars. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to do my best impression of a student because I'm going to ask you a question about the dress code as a student. Mm -hmm. Okay. At work, we're going to have to follow dress codes, but uh, hey, Alves, we're not getting paid here. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if, when we get paid, then we'll start following the dress code. So why not let it go here? <laughs> Well, I would start with the old hashtag dressed well, test well. Uh, you know, there, there is a dress code because, again, I use the, uh, an acronym S-A-F-E, SAFE. Schools are for education. The focal point of everything you do, type, read, wear, should be to provide a safe and productive learning environment for yourself and everybody else. So what you wear, if it's distracting to the learning environment, disruptive to the learning environment, then it's something that needs to be addressed for the good of the community. Yeah. And you know that's my job. I, we, we lay it right out. You're not supposed to have anything on your head unless it's uh, medically or religiously cleared. Yeah. You're not, you know, your torso is supposed to be covered. There's supposed to be nothing disparaging on your shirt, whether it yep. be promoting sex, drugs, alcohol, weapons. Yeah. And then anything uh, below your waist has to be mid-thigh length as defined by the full extension of your hands measured at your thumb. Yeah. And that's it. That's the dress code. I mean, it's <laughs> and if not, then you're disrupting the learning environment and we need to have a conversation. Yeah. <laughs> so um, let's talk about being on time okay one student says why why don't students get a grace period before being considered late for school like how my job does this student says okay because our job the last line in the mission statement is to make you a productive ethical responsible member of the community all right being late is not acceptable and it's a bad practice if you're thinking you want to have longevity in a job Grace period would be an occasional hiccup here or there. What we do here is we have social suspension. We use it's a 10% rule. If you're absent, tardy, or dismissed, unexcused, once you cross that 10% threshold, so it's five and a quarter, which is 45 days, or 18 for the year, which is 180 days. That's where those numbers come from. It's 10% yeah. of a quarter yeah. or 10%. So if you think about it, if you're absent, or you leave early or you're late to work, one day every pay period, it's going to catch up to you. That's what's called a CLM, mm. a career-limiting move. Mm. So our job here is, again, to create you know, students 
who are going to be productive, ethical, responsible members of the community. Yeah. I find it ironic that, you know, so I'll just use the athletes as an example. So I'm, I'm only three minutes late. So if I benched you just for three minutes, three minutes is an eternity now, mm. right? Absolutely. But you're late for three minutes, you know, it's, it's I'm overreacting. Yeah, you know? yeah. So I always say to him, so, you know, you make a half-court shot three minutes after the buzzer went off. Does it count? <laughs> no. Yeah. So I don't want to hear you're three minutes late, three seconds late. Yeah. You're late. Yeah. And if you're on time, you're late. You should yeah. be early. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Vince yeah. Lombardi used to uh, penalize and fine his players. He had this, even in, in business now, my wife, they when she goes, they call it the Lombardi rule. If you're 10 minutes early... You're five minutes late. Mm. He, he find you if you weren't 15 minutes early. Wow. <laughs> and what does your wife do? So pharmaceutical sales reps. And when they have okay. those big meetings, they say, we're on Lombardi time. Gotcha. That's the, in the so business world. you better be world, 15 minutes or 15 more. 15 minutes early. That's yeah. it. Wow. Okay. <laughs> well, so let's go back to when you were in school. I already know the answer to this. Oh. Did you ever get in a, into a fight in school like that was off the wrestling mat? <laughs> never. No. Never. Okay. With my brother daily. Yes. <laughs> at the house. I heard about those. The yeah. bus stop. The yeah. bus would be waiting, but never right. with anybody else. How? What do you like when you're at home with your family? And I think we're going to get to know, is it Mr. Chill? Yes, yes. Or as you, the, this generation would say, I'm mad chill at home. My wife calls me no pulse. <laughs> I go home, you know, I, I, I disconnect, we'll just say. You know, I get all my chores done work out whatever it is and then when after dinner i do all the dishes you know i may have i do laundry it's a good way where you can just chill i can say oh, i'm doing yeah. laundry so because yeah. you're always going, waiting you're waiting for stuff yeah, to come out i grab out. Yeah. the remote i get in my chair yeah and uh sometimes i put my daddy ears on i don't hear anything i'm just kind of yeah. relaxed and uh that's it non-confrontational non uh i'll just say non-emotional just yeah Decompressing, I guess. <laughs> wow. And but and now both the kids are in college, mm -hmm. so it's just you. It's, it's you and the wife. Yes. Wow. Yep. Is that any different? Uh, a little quieter. A little quieter. Less. Yeah. You know, we were always kind of eating uh, wherever they were playing. We were eating, or we were hurrying up eating and getting on the road again. So yeah. that that has slowed down. Yeah. But my wife teaches Pilates also a couple nights a week. So. Yeah. She does that in the evening. Um, you know, I have some events here and there, so yeah. we still kind of fill our time that way. But it's definitely slowed down. Gotcha, gotcha. That's and uh, there's a you know you you mentioned your recliner. I you know <laughs> I need to get a recliner. Um, why aren't this is an, back to a question? We're almost done here, and thank yep. you very much. For oh coming no up problem. Again. Why aren't we allowed to use phones in school? Isn't high school meant to be proper use, uh, like a dress rehearsal for life in college? And, mm -hmm. you know, it's a, it's a resource that's available to us. Why can't we use it? Well, because Rhode Island general laws back uh, in the days of the pager <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> came out and said that any student enrolled in a public school shall be prohibited from utilizing, possessing, or carrying a paging device while on school property unless permission given by the authorities. Yep. So what we did is we came up with the BYOD policy, the bring your own device policy, so that overrid the state law. Yeah. You can bring the phone, supposed to be for emergency purposes or educational purposes. So if the adult in the room says you may use it for an emergency or educational purpose, then you can take it out. Yeah. 
as you know, with teenagers, the that that one inch becomes one mile. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, and they're doing everything. Basically, every problem that we have that we have to solve here, eighty percent of it boils back to something done on a phone. Mm. You know, whether it be uh, airdropping something that you shouldn't, mm. to videotaping something, to yeah. Cheating. They got these apps now that do all the math problems mm. and whatever else. Uh, you know, the this, AI stuff that's out yeah, there now. This this yeah. this thing's the worst thing for education. Yeah. Teenagers do not have I should say adults even humans do not have the capacity to stay focused when they have this thing around them. This thing yeah, is temptation and distraction on steroids. I would agree. <laughs> I would agree. Let me ask you a question. Going back to the dress code for mm -hmm. one moment. Okay. This popped in my head. I tilted my head. It went out. And now it's back. <laughs> Why not ban hoodies, period? Wouldn't that take uh, a lot of listen, the... Listen, <laughs> I would. Yeah. I would love to. I would love to. I just don't know that, uh, you know, the pushback we would get about uh, kids got to walk home and this, that, and the other. Uh, I agree. Yeah. I agree. There's a lot of things. I don't know. I mean, I would, as crazy as it sounds, I mean, not that we push for, but like a, a, like a school uniform. Mm -hmm. Like, they all, as a parent, yeah. right? You say you have a black shirt and khakis or something like that, a little yeah. golf shirt. Yeah. You buy five of them. Yeah. And a pair of khaki or jeans. This yeah. is some jeans. But that's it. Now, there's no wondering what you're going to wear each day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. There's, yeah. There's no, I'm not talking about the uniforms like the for private, but something yeah. Yeah. as a yeah. parent, wouldn't that be like that, it, that August shopping? It would be so much easier. It's been an essay day. topic in yeah. summer school that I've taught wow. and English class. And yeah, I mean, and I, I understand there would be a lot of pushback. Oh, of course. There but if you go back to my initial thing that SAFE schools are for education, that mm -hmm. E is there, not an F for yeah. fashion. Yeah. You know, and everybody wants yeah. the F fashion. Like, this is my, you know, individual liberty and expression. But the same kid then will put the uniform on and work at Dunkin' Donuts. So I, I yeah. find that uh, kind of laughable. Yeah. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. Um what are your thoughts on hazing? Are you coached? Oh, yeah. You still coach? Yep. What are your thoughts on hazing? Well, two things. Uh, first, as as a coach or as any authority figure, supervision for teenagers is paramount. You know, there's a saying that uh, the idle mind is a devil's workshop. So teenagers unsupervised, all right, is grounds for, we'll say, mischief. <laughs> okay? And... Uh, that's the first thing. So, you know, I was always, I'm a big believer in supervision. As you see, I try to supervise all of returning back from lunch. I follow the group up. I'm yeah. no fall. I mean, I'm trying to be as ever present as possible yeah. because that minimizes things. The second thing is it's just cowardice. You know, you, you have people, uh, whether it's bullying, hazing, whatever, people who are insecure will then go on offense. So they don't have to be on defense. Yeah. And so they're going to insult, pick, you know, they're, whether it be, uh, I call them keyboard cowboys, the big tough typers, or kids who are tough in a crowd, you know, but, you know, one-on-one on, one on, you know, so they're in a crowd, they're going to put a show on for people. It, it, it's sad, you know, it yeah. is sad. And the, the worst part, again, coming back to the phone, is the culture has slid so far down that people videotape this stuff. Yeah. And they post it. Somebody's worst moment, perhaps, 
it's disgusting. I, I sit in, 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 when there's a fight in the hallway, the fight doesn't bother me as much as the people who videotape it instead mm. of breaking it up. For me, that's a pathetic existence of culture. Mm. <laughs> and, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 and well, it's and it's not just the kids; it's, it's no, our it's society. Everywhere. But yeah, no, I something's I totally going agree down with instead you. of helping. First thing people do is take their phone out and videotape it. it, it yeah. It's sad reality. Yeah, I can barely <laughs> get my phone out to take pictures of things uh, I should be I taking pictures. No, of, I know. You know? No, like, oh, wait. Oh, okay. This is a good photo. No. Yeah. Yep. Speaking of, I mean, not that this has to do with Showtime, but where yeah. did you get the phrase, it's Showtime? I mean, surely oh. you didn't mean for people to take out their phones and videotape no, violence. No, no, no. Just, you know, there's there's intermission. That's in the lunchroom. You're sitting there reading. And then Showtime means let's go. You know what? We're all on stage. Yep. Let's let's rock. Yep. Let's get to where we're going to be and let's be productive members of this community. So would you say it's uh, passing time or passing going right into class? Like well, everything, well, intermission we, is, if intermission is lunch, then everything else is showtime. Well, yep, yeah, exactly. Okay. And it's a way of me telling them that basically school's for education. Put all your other garbage away. Get the hat off, the hood off, yep. the earbuds out, you know, put your phone away. It's showtime. Yep. There's, there's no, no distractions. <laughs> now, this is a loaded question, speaking of that, because mm -hmm. you and I graduated a long time ago from high school. What are some big changes that you have seen in this school over the years? Now, you were here as a student, and then you mm -hmm. were here as a teacher, oh, and God, you've been, been here, here for a while. This year is my uh, 53rd year in West Walk Public Schools, whether it be, uh, you know, I started in kindergarten at Harris Avenue School in 1970. <laughs> wow. Went to Horgan for six years, John F. Deering for three, West Walk for three. I've been coaching and whatever teaching and athletic director and dean yeah. and assistant principal a uh, couple things uh you know obviously uh we've moved from a suburban district where you had the as my cousins would call it the uh, born bred dead wizards yeah. you, know, you had the same yeah. families go to the same church work in yeah. the same mills kind of come up through uh and you knew the families yeah. uh, and you know, this we still have some of that. Yeah. Uh, you know, we we've now become an urban ring district where you have uh, people moving here who you know don't have that wizard connection. Yeah. You know, and uh, I find that uh, you know we have to do a lot more, let's say, support uh, and kind of culture building. Now it's not like a given where. You know, my father went to school with your father, and they knew, you know, so so now, you know, there, there's more of the community building yeah. uh, that we have to do as a school department. The kids are, it's almost sad. I hate to say it. You know, my, my son always says, I wish I was, you know, in your era. You know, the old days of my mother and father would lock us out of the house, yeah. get lost, yeah. go do something, you know, yep. and yep. you hung out with your buddies, you solved your own problems, right? You didn't have to be supervised and, and everything had yeah. to be organized and everybody got a trophy, a ribbon. Yeah. I mean, with all the playground stuff that we used to do, was, was that was bigger than the league stuff, yeah. you know? And now we have everything so organized now and everything's so, you know, publicized and scripted that, that we have kids that play so many games and so many things that they don't even know who they're playing the next day. Yeah. Whereas we... we played 
games and sports will just say, and you knew who you were playing the next week because there were few and far between events. Yeah. So it's almost like the kids today are either doing nothing or overscheduled. Yeah. Whereas we were able to, you know, live your lives. Outside yeah. They called it child rearing instead of parenting. Then child rearing meant we were forced to rear up on our own two feet and solve our own problems. Yeah. You know, and today it's parents sometimes that you know, are out in front of their kids, taking away those opportunities to learn through work through adversity. Whereas we were yeah. we were out at Cleveland Street Field and that's where it went down, you know, <laughs> that's it. We solved the problem ourselves. Yeah, yep. Let me, let me, let me talk mm-hmm. to, about something because I know I, something you said when you were dean of students has mm-hmm. stuck with me mm-hmm. as, and I think you do a lot of the same thing now. Mm-hmm. You're giving the kids the tools to solve their own problems. Exactly. It sounds like that's what you're doing. Mm-hmm. That's what all of you are doing. You, mm-hmm. Mr. Green, Ms. Yeah, Hassel. Yeah, of course. Giving them their own tools because you're not always mm-hmm. going to be there. Mm-hmm. You don't always want to be there, and mm-hmm. their parents are not always going to be there to yeah. do that. Would you no. say that's accurate? Oh, God, yeah. Well, what we do here, the Castle uh, you know, Social Emotional uh, Learning Targets, uh, a lot of self-regulation, stuff like that. What I do is I try to use anything as a teachable moment. You know, what discipline is isn't punishment. Discipline is making a disciple or a follower of what is right. And restorative practices talks about children, you know, obviously there's some punishment involved, but there's also that teachable moment so that they can then self-regulate the next time. Yeah. You know, uh, so what I do a lot of times with my alvesisms, my little aphorisms, the quotes, our, our way to connect to their existing schema or what they know, and I try to make an example so that the lesson I'm speaking with them and not yeah. at them. So a lot of it is, uh, you know, teaching them to solve problems, not win arguments. And a lot of teenagers, they want to win arguments, bring everybody else in, you know, and they think strengths in numbers. Instead of cutting your losses, this is what I did wrong, here's what I can control is my attitude and my effort. Yeah. Uh, let me fix that. Instead of trying to win the argument, who's a bigger jerk? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a contest that uh, you would think nobody would want to win. But uh, okay, so this is one. Mm -hmm. Maybe we should ask Mrs. Alves, but I'm going to let you answer it. Okay, she's going to hear. Where, if you could live anywhere in the world, where would it be? Oh, that's easy. That's Aruba. Oh yeah, it's 82 degrees, slight breeze. You know, uh, can can drink the water. Phenomenal restaurants. That's it. Yeah, I've been about ten times, and I don't know why I live here. <laughs> uh, you know, every winter I ask myself the same thing. Uh, although today's kind of almost oh. a Rubian weather. You know, we gotta <laughs> tomorrow. I'm gonna be on the morning show with yep. uh, one of our teachers. Mm-hmm. We may have to issue an apology about the weather rating because it was given a six, and it was definitely a ten. But I don't yes. know. Riley Maynard, our producer back there, he does a great job, and you know, people ask. I think if that's one of the I don't want to say controversial things, but people often pull us aside and ask us, how do you decide what gets a one, well, what today's gets a 10? 1910 know. broke a record. All right, so this is Unbelievable. The, the best February 16th ever. How yeah. can it not be a 10? I, I know. <laughs> I, if, it's, if it's over 50, it's probably a 10 uh-huh. in February. So yeah, I would think. Um, all right. Now, I uh, when I see this, I think, do you have an alter ego? Mm-hmm. But I think you, this might be about you compared to other people. Members of your family. Which Alves do you think people like best? 
So I don't know if you have an alter ego or are they thinking your brother? Here's how I'll answer that. Whatever Alves is agreeing with them at that point in time, that's who they're going to like better. I, I think what's beautiful about the relationship I've, you know, I've had with my father or my siblings, my mother is, is is what I try to portray in the hallways. The best relationships with people, they know what I'm thinking before I say it, and that's the, you can't have a better relationship than that. Yep. It's like one completes the other. Yeah. And you know, when I walk in the halls and we make eye contact, the kids know what I'm going to say before I say it. Yeah. And they may not like it. Yeah. But they respect the fact that it's consistent. And, you know, yeah. So the best relationships are, are those that you almost telepathically <laughs> communicate, like the old yeah. married couple. Yeah. They yeah. complete each other's sentences without yeah. speaking. There you go. There you go. <laughs> and I can see, and I, I can make this statement and know yeah. that it's true, mm-hmm. that you get the biggest applause out mm-hmm. of, any but any other school staff person up there yeah. when you're introduced, yeah. you know, frequently, oh, frequently. I mean, it, that's a fact. I mean, it's like, all right, Mr. Alves, and then everybody, even mm-hmm. usually the people who are disengaged, who you're chasing around in the hallways yeah. all the time, they're like, oh, yeah, it's Alves, yeah, you know, yeah. giving you some respect, even yeah. though you're on them all the time. Yeah. No, I, I've had to they get that. them whenever I, but I think they know uh, one of the best compliments I got was one of my former students just before he goes, you know, thanks for being real. And what I took that as is a couple things. One, um, I, I had a dialogue with them where I spoke with them and not at them. Yep. You know, two, I modeled what I expected. Uh, and then uh, three, I was at what we call here the warm demander. I, I kind of demand it, but I do it in a way that they know it's good for them. It may be yeah. uncomfortable, but they know it's coming from a place of support. Yeah. So... The one uh, thing before we go, okay, mm-hmm. I want to thank you again for coming in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, your uh, your kid's in college, your son playing at Stonehill? Stonehill, he's a junior, you know, playing football, and Maddie's a sophomore, I mean a freshman at uh, Quinnipiac playing soccer. Playing yeah. soccer. And and the first time she scored a goal, tell me about that and what the, what the oh, announcer said. Oh, yeah. No, <laughs> they just said Maddie Alves' first college game. First college action, first college goal. And she scored uh, uh, the first 10 minutes that she played. Uh, and it was amazing because the trials and tribulations she had in the month of August. She showed up August 1st. She didn't pass her physical, you know, the, the EKG, echocardiogram, you know, the, yeah. a lot of the sudden death. They really go in deep now with yeah. the thing. So yeah. she had an abnormal heartbeat. And we had to go back and forth to Hartford. Mm. Uh, you know, to get to all sorts of testing done. So she missed all of preseason. Mm. The first five games she didn't get in. Yeah. You know, and, you know, when you're – and nobody's even on campus yet. This yeah. is the first, like, three or four weeks in, in, in August. Yeah. So the yep. school hasn't even started. So she's there all by herself, not being able to play. Mm. And we're going out there, and, you know, to have patience, have patience. You know, you're only a freshman, whatever. And for her to go out there, honestly, brought a tear to my wife's eye and my eye, and it was just just a validation that she's where she's supposed to be. And sometimes in life, character comes from overcoming adversity, and she demonstrated that very well. That's great. Mm-hmm. That's great. And uh, you know, uh, 
as a freshman, it's not it's not guaranteed that as a freshman, even no. if you're there, that you're going to see the field or that you're going to start or that you know. Yeah. And she she's right out there. Yeah, she played about ten minutes yeah. each half, and uh, both my kids are in dog fights for playing time. Yeah, doesn't matter what you did yesterday. You know, no. they're literally my son. You know, he's scrapping. You know, you got two or three slot receivers, and they rotate them in and. You know, there's some injuries and stuff, so we got more time. You know, this year he was the leading receiver on the team. Yep. But, uh, you know, the beginning of the year, the other guys didn't get hurt. You know, he, he was doing more blocking than catching. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, you, you have to produce. Same with my daughter now. She's going now for spring soccer. Yeah. And they're going to move her to defense, which is where she belongs. She yep. was just kind of, as a freshman, he likes to have him fill in for the upperclassmen on yep. offense because – if you make a mistake, it doesn't kill you in the back end. Yeah. So now she's yeah. playing a little center back, which is her natural, uh, you know, spot where she's tough to get by. Use yeah. her athleticism. Yeah. You know. So, so they, but uh -huh. they, they train and uh, you know they, they got to produce every day in practice. It's, yeah. You know, nothing's given. This is yeah. college. It's and a you, business. And you had <laughs> mentioned you had mentioned the, the the physical problems that she'd had. She'd also come back from injury, to mm -hmm. a collarbone injury, yeah, right? She had a broken collarbone. I mean, she, the kid has been through a lot. High ankle sprain. My son had both wrists operated on, both scaphoid bones. He, he's had a, a broken head of his humerus on his shoulder, a broken ankle. So, and uh, you know what I tell him, like my father used to say, you know what? It's a long way from your heart. You'll be all right. <laughs> you know, you'll be yeah. all right. Just tape yeah. it up. Get out there. I don't see bad kids. I see bad decision makers. So I always try to go back over what were your choices, all right? And we talk about the process. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, like I said, I, I enjoy seeing them work through that mindset, uh, you, know, over, you know, over the years. So, you know, I, you know I, I think I do a good job of letting them know I'm passionately expressing, uh, expressing my my belief in them, you know, you're better than this. You're, here's your, your options, you know. If you're, I call it wrestling with the pig, you know, people are going to say and type bad things, like the pig in the pig pen throwing mud at you. If you dive back in and throw mud back, then you're wrestling with the pig. You're both getting muddy, but the pig loves it. Mm. <laughs> you, know? yeah. you, you stay out of the pig pen. Yeah. Say I'm sorry you feel that way, <laughs> and yeah. try to become a problem solver. So yeah. I, you know, this electronic mud that people type and throw 24/7, you know, or verbal. Yeah. You know, you got to rise above it. You know, if not, then everybody's opinion of you is going to make you make all your decisions, and you're validating them instead of, uh, you know, ignoring them and having self-confidence you're fueling the fire yeah you're being controlled by other people's opinion of you yeah that's why we say i said do you think i would have become dean of students if i cared what people thought about me 24 7 mm. they'll respect me i'm going to do what i'm supposed to do for the good of the order okay one of us needs to change our attitude and i'm too old <laughs> <laughs> you know what i mean and they get it yeah. after a while you yeah know? I, th I think most do yeah and most do, you know so Thank you, my friend. Thank oh, you so much absolutely. for coming this on. Is great. And I have one question. Yes. Oh, uh, Riley, Riley has a question. Oh. Okay, go ahead. With Miss um, Hassel um, moving on to a mm -hmm. different district, have you thought about your role and what's next to come? Are you going to throw your hat into the ring? Uh, good question. Uh, I, I think, I mean, I'm going to consider all possibilities. Uh, you know, I got a lot of moving parts in the next year. 
obviously the obvious thing is it seems like it's the natural step. I mean, yeah. uh, you know, complete the uh, the wizard journey. Yeah. Uh, but with that comes it's a lot of work. Miss Hassel made it look easy. She's phenomenal. She's an yeah. asset. We're gonna lose uh, a tremendously caring person. She does. Nobody does it better than she. She's uh, she's kind of that social emotional support that uh, you know guys like me don't see. You know, sometimes I'm a little too matter of fact, and uh, you know, she's she's phenomenal. We're gonna miss her uh, tremendously. Yeah. But at the same time. She's moving to a position that's really in her wheelhouse. Yes. And with a young family, I, you know, I understand exactly. For me, I'm going to do whatever it is, whether I'm staying as an assistant principal or if they elevate me to principal, that is going to help the kids of West Wallach and the community here at West Wallach. Honestly, uh, you know, everything comes with, you know, challenges. Uh, yeah. There'll be new challenges in that job. Uh, but at the same time, uh, excitement. Yeah. But... Again, if I not, then I'm I'm happy where I am. Yeah. And you know whatever the next chapter would look like is uh, you know just on the horizon also. So, yeah. I I think what I'm proud about is in the last three years I've essentially gone back at age 55 through 58 and got two master's degrees to make this a possibility. Because if I didn't reinvest in myself yeah. and my education. You know, this wouldn't be a possibility. And I yeah. try to use that for all the kids involved. Yeah. I said, you know, you know, when I got laid off as dean of students, I was angry. And after my pity party for about a week, yeah. I said, I'm a hypocrite. I you know, they tell the kids, the only thing you can control in your life is your attitude and your effort. And mine stunk, so I need to pick up the effort. Yeah. And I said, you know what, let me reapply, finish this master's in teaching and learning and the master's in administration. All right, that I should have, but you know, life got in the way with kids. Yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah. I couldn't. I hear that. And uh, you know what? And that, you know, pursuit and reinvestment gave me a key to open uh, a door to a bigger room of opportunities, which yeah. is out in front of me. So whatever the opportunity is, uh, you know, whether it's you know, assistant principal, principal, or I move on and retire, or I'm in a college or whatever. Uh, the last three years, I had to get uncomfortable. Mm. All right, to open up this new room of opportunities, which, frankly, I'm proud of because, you know what, yeah. I'm an old dog and I had to learn a lot of new tricks. Yeah, you know, with, with, the, with the pandemic and no kids yeah. in the building, that's when yeah. the layoff happened, yeah, right? Layoff. So. Well, the layoff was that, but then it was good. It was a good kick in the butt. To, to yeah, I was in my comfort zone. And the, yeah. the, 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 the adversary to greatness is status quo. So mm. I was, I could have done that job with my eyes closed. I was on cruise control. Yeah. So yeah. I got out of my comfort zone. My kids are on their own kind of now, and it's yeah. the timing is perfect. So, yeah. So we'll see. We'll I, you see. know, it's it's out of my hands. Uh, I guess mm -hmm. I. Uh, and we'll hear. You'll hear about it first, right here right on this here. show. Well, maybe <laughs> not, but. <laughs> great, great question, yes, Riley. Yes. Well, my journalism training has paid off. Well, we just, you know, well, honestly, we have a great administrative team, Mr. Green, Mrs. Hassel, uh, phenomenal to work with. They, 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 great leaders. Uh, I don't think people here know how fortunate they are to have the leadership team that they have. Uh, and over the years, I mean, we've had some, some tremendous principals uh, yeah. that have stayed in the district and moved to different things. But uh, I think we'll be in pretty good hands. Uh, 
you know, there'll be yeah. some changes. But yeah, and and I think that makes everybody adjust. I talked mm-hmm. to my classes today, yep. and I said, you know, it happens. The mm-hmm. change happens. It's mm-hmm. uncomfortable. It's not going to be anything for us this year yet. Yeah. But you know, I have tenth graders that I teach, and uh, boy, you could hear a pin drop when mm-hmm. that video was playing. Yeah, no, where, she's. You know, and it's she'd be a tough act yeah. to follow. Yeah. So <laughs> hey, if you do become our next principal, I just want to go on record. I always liked you best. Yeah. yeah. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I'll give you seven right. free periods. All right. All right. <laughs> All right. Thank you very oh, much. Oh, thank you guys. You wonderful job as always. Thanks for tuning in, and special thanks to Riley Maynard for producing the show in studio. All music and sound effects for the podcast come from WeVideo, SpeechLO, and My Instance, which I use along with Audacity to produce the show. This has been a presentation of the Media Broadcasting and Journalism Pathway at West Warwick High School. If you're a student interested in learning more about radio, TV, and journalism in general, then you can get in touch with me, Mr. White, at ewhite at www-ps.com. More information about the Pathway is also below on the YouTube version of this show. You can also listen to the Words with Wizards podcast on Spotify and Google. The Pathway and shows like this are not possible without sponsor support. Part of being a sponsor is that you and or your business can get exposure on this and other Pathway broadcasts. Funding goes toward the purchase of new equipment, student scholarships, and professional development. You can find more information on sponsorships, which are tax deductible, at the bottom of the YouTube version of this podcast. Have an idea for the show? Visit the Words with Wizards webpage at www.hstv.com. There's a form on the page that you can fill out to let me know about your ideas for the show. We'll be back soon with more Words with Wizards. Until then, stay safe and stay informed.